20 years, the Aldo Leopold Foundation has been celebrating the life of Aldo Leopold with Leopold Week. Aldo Leopold, who is the author of a Sand County Almanac and the father of wildlife ecology, is also considered a true Wisconsin hero. Each spring, during the first week in March, the foundation brings together people from all over the country and from around the world to celebrate all those ideas and his legacy. So what better time then to feature the work that the foundation has been doing since its founding in 1982 than during Leopold Week. I contacted the foundation to see if there was someone there who would like to join me on Nature Revisited and talk about the important work that they are doing. Joining me then on this episode of Nature Revisited is Senior Fellow Stanley Temple and Jackson Noman from the Future Leaders Program. They're here to help us celebrate and promote the ideas and the legacy of Aldo Leopold and the Leopold Foundation. Not just during Leopold Week, but every week. My name is Stefan Van Norton, and this is Nature Revisited. The land ethic simply enlarges the boundaries of the community to include soils, waters, plants, and animals, or collectively, the land. A land ethic, then, reflects the existence of an ecological conscience, and this, in turn, reflects the conviction of individual responsibility for the health of the land. Health is the capacity of the land for self-renewal. Conservation is our effort to understand and preserve this capacity. Aldo Leopold To help celebrate Leopold Week, I'm joined today by two members of the Aldo Leopold Foundation. I'm joined by senior fellow Stanley Temple, and Education and Communication Fellow, Jackson Newman, from the Future Leaders Program, who will share with us what the Foundation is doing to continue to promote the ideas and the legacy of Aldo Leopold. So Stan, I'm gonna start with you. Who was Aldo Leopold? And why is he still so important for today? Well, Aldo Leopold is generally regarded as one of the most important figures in the evolution of our modern concept of, of conservation. He was quite literally the right person at the right time, and every opportunity that he had during his life and career, he seemed to find himself in a leadership position, and more often than not, a visionary who could see more clearly the way forward than many of his contemporaries. 
he was born in 1887 and uh, before we had a conservation movement and was witness to the gross over-exploitation of natural resources, the clear-cutting of vast areas of forests, the decimation of wildlife, the extinction of the passenger pigeon were all big events for him as, as a boy growing up in the late 19th century. By the 20th century, the modern conservation movement had started to take form, and after his uh, school days and beginning his professional career in the U.S. Forest Service, Leopold jumped in wholeheartedly with the then new concept of protecting natural resources. And he was a great advocate for protecting uh, natural resources and very outspoken and Perhaps one of the things that made him so influential was his ability to communicate so clearly. But during his career in the Forest Service, he started to see the flaws in simple protection. And he was one of the early advocates for shifting the emphasis of conservation from protection to management. And indeed, he's often considered to be the father of modern wildlife management as he introduced to the world the idea of managing wildlife rather than simply protecting them. Later in his life, in the second half of his career, when he was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, he realized that management of individual natural resources was inadequate to solve the problems that the world's environment was facing. And he devised something that, again, was novel and visionary, the idea of establishing an ethical relationship with the natural world. And by the time he died in 1948, he had 20 years before the modern environmental movement spelled out essentially the moral foundations of the modern environmental movement in his book, A Sand County Almanac, that's considered to be one of the classics in modern conservation literature. So Jackson... I'm going to ask you the same question. Why is the work of Aldo Leopold still very relevant for today? Yeah, the work of Aldo Leopold is still important and relevant today because he combined ecology, aesthetics, and ethics. Aldo Leopold is a reminder that science alone isn't enough. If we're going to convince people and change their hearts and minds about the importance of conservation, we need science but we also need ethics and we also need aesthetics or storytelling. It's not just that Aldo Leopold is so relevant today. It's that his family and the community that he helped create is still relevant. A good portion of the Sand County Almanac is about a farm in Wisconsin called The Shack. The Shack is a story of how a community of people came together to heal a degraded landscape. And I think that there's something really relevant about that today. As we celebrate Leopold Week, when was the Aldo Leopold Foundation started and what is its mission? The Aldo Leopold Foundation was founded in 1982 by Aldo and Estella's five children to promote their father's legacy. Leopold Week is essentially an outgrowth of, of that endeavor. But their focus was primarily on Leopold's land ethic, this idea that we needed to have an ethical relationship with the natural world. The mission of the Aldo Leopold Foundation is to inspire 
an ethical and caring relationship between people and nature through Aldo Leopold's legacy. The foundation does that through three fairly broad missions. One is spreading the land ethic to new audiences, basically expanding this ethical relationship with nature. A second is advancing land health. Land health, Leopold's idea that we ought to be able to live on this planet without spoiling it. And finally, cultivating conservation leadership. Leopold, during the second half of his career at the University of Wisconsin, of course, was an educator and trained, essentially, the first generation of conservation leaders. And we continue to do that today through the foundation. So what brought you to the foundation, and what is your role there? Well, I learned about Aldo Leopold when I was uh, in high school and read a Sand County Almanac. had the good fortune when I was uh, at Cornell University to have one of Aldo Leopold's graduate students as my undergrad advisor. So I really got quite uh, interested in Aldo Leopold fairly early on in, in my career. I was very fortunate to be recruited by the University of Wisconsin to be the third person to occupy the faculty position that the university had created for Aldo Leopold back in 1933. It's a historical position because it was the first position in the world at any university that was devoted to this new field of wildlife management that Aldo Leopold had largely introduced to the world. After I retired from academia, I continued to be engaged with the Aldo Leopold Foundation as a senior fellow. But even before that, back in 1982, Aldo Leopold's uh, children had invited me to be their science advisor. So since 1982, I've been the science advisor to the foundation. Since my retirement from academia in 2008, I've been a senior fellow, where my role is basically to continue advising on science matters, but also to be a public outreach person. What is the land ethic? Most people consider the land ethic to be Aldo Leopold's most important and enduring contribution to conservation. Leopold had, of course, struggled throughout his life to try to get conservation practices in place. He discovered through much frustration that it really wasn't working to impose conservation on people through regulations and laws. It was less than successful trying to coerce them into doing it through economic incentives and subsidies. So he decided that there had to be a better, more enduring way. And he landed on this idea of an ethical relationship with the natural world. Aldo Leopold used the word land as a popular term that today we might use the term ecosystem or even biosphere. So his idea was that most people seem to understand that we live in a human community. And within a human community, there has to be a commonly agreed upon set of ethical guidelines that everyone adheres to, or the community simply doesn't function well. And Aldo Leopold, making an analogy to ecology, said in the same way, we live in an ecological community. 
that's composed of soils and waters and plants and animals out there that share that ecological community with us. And just as there have to be ecological guidelines for living successfully in a human community, there have to be ethical guidelines for living in an ecological community. So his land ethic essentially provided the motivation for people to want to engage in conservation, and that is ethics, that it is simply the right thing to do. So Jackson, I'm going to ask you the same question. What is a land ethic? A land ethic is a new way of looking at our relationship to the land. It is reframing our relationship to the land. It's removing the barrier between humans and nature and reuniting us in a sustainable and gentle relationship. What is Aldo Leopold's concept of land health? And how is the foundation trying to achieve it? Land health was sort of part of his construct of how we live in nature. Today, we may use different terms, but once again, Leopold was trying to use common language. He thought that most people understood the concept of sickness and health in their own body and in the communities that they live in. And he figured that this was an easy way to engage people in this idea of what healthy land and sick land sort of looked like. Healthy land in Leopold's concept was an an ecosystem that still had all of its parts, and all those parts were still functioning, that the ecosystem was resilient, that it could deal with some of the threats that we posed to it by being resilient and being able to to bounce back from, from setbacks. So the idea of land health really almost today becomes sort of almost synonymous with the concept of living sustainably on the planet by living within the planet's capabilities of maintaining itself. So for Leopold, it was essentially the goal of having a land ethic was to live in a healthy environment. And we do that in a number of ways. The foundation owns a sizable piece of property that includes the Alta Leopold Center and the Alta Leopold Shack and and farm. And we manage that area in a way that demonstrates our commitment to healthy land. The Alta Leopold uh, uh, farm and, and shack and the center are also part of the Leopold Pine Island important bird area, a much larger area of Wisconsin that features a lot of ecological significance for birds. And we are the sort of principal architect of how that important bird area is managed. And finally, something that Aldo Leopold practiced throughout his life, really, and a way of essentially becoming aware of your sense of place is the study of phenology, keeping track of seasonal changes in the environment. We do quite a bit of outreach around this concept of keeping records of how the environment changes through the seasons in your neighborhood, in your area, as a way of getting in touch with the land and understanding it more. So the concepts of land ethic and land health are obviously related, and most of our efforts really 
focus on, on those two important key elements of both the Foundation's mission and Alda Leopold's contributions to conservation. What are some of the ways that the Foundation has been cultivating Aldo Leopold's ideas of conservation? Well, if the Foundation's real mission is focused primarily on land, the land ethic, and land health, those are the two program areas that the Foundation does the most with. And we've done a number of things that have been very successful in, in spreading Leopold's land ethic. One of the most perhaps widespread was the documentary film about Aldo Leopold called Green Fire. It was released in 2011. It was a collaboration of the Aldo Leopold Foundation and the U.S. Forest Service to produce a documentary-length film about Aldo Leopold's life and legacy. So that was a very successful outreach effort. We also have a number of projects that are sort of more focused. We have the Leopold Education Project that's aimed at school-age children. It's uh, essentially environmental education, but it's a way of infusing Aldo Leopold's land ethic and land health concept into an environmental education program. We've fostered the translations of the Sand County Almanac that's now been translated into 13 different languages and has sold millions of copies around the world. You mentioned Leopold Week as a way of getting communities um, introduced to Aldo Leopold. We have a program trying to get Aldo Leopold's writings and especially the land ethic incorporated into university curricula, especially for students that are interested in the environment and natural resources. The Aldo Leopold Center, which was built in 2007, and immediately became the greenest building in the world, the first building in the world actually to be certified as carbon neutral. And of course, Aldo Leopold's shack, the weekend getaway, where most readers of the Sand County Almanac know that uh, the first half of the book was essentially inspired by the activities that Aldo Leopold and his family undertook at this uh, weekend getaway is just down the road from the Aldo Leopold Center and has become something of, of a pilgrimage, a mecca, really, for conservation-minded individuals who have read a Sand County Almanac and want to come and see the place where it all began. So a wide variety of activities that are all sort of focused on the idea of getting the Aldo Leopold's land ethic out there to the public. You know, we didn't mention was that Aldo Leopold, in addition to being considered the father of modern wildlife management, he's also one of the fathers of the modern concept of ecological restoration. In the 1930s, when he was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, Aldo Leopold, along with several other faculty members, essentially began what today we call ecological restoration as a process of bringing damaged land back to health. They did this at the newly created University of Wisconsin Arboretum, where Aldo Leopold and his students and colleagues at the university undertook the world's first ecological restorations, where the goal was to bring badly damaged land 
back to its normal, natural, healthy state, something that no one had ever attempted to do before. And it is now become uh, a widespread practice as more and more land that has been damaged uh, is returned back to health through the concerted efforts of people who are dedicated to this ecological process. For Aldo Leopold, the idea of restoring damaged land and bringing it back to land health was not something that he just practiced uh, professionally. It was something that he did in his personal life. In 1935, he purchased this badly degraded, worn-out farm on the banks of the Wisconsin River and turned it into his weekend getaway from Madison, Wisconsin. It became known as the shack and the Leopold farm, but it was a place where Leopold essentially practiced what he preached as a private landowner, bringing this badly degraded piece of land back to ecological health. And today you see the, uh, the fruits of his efforts. The land is now beautiful, a natural area that is significant in an ecological context. It's also been a demonstration of how land health can be maintained once you have undergone restoration. So it's significant that the land that Leopold started managing back in the 1930s actually in a sustainable way produced most of the wood that was used to create the Alta Leopold Legacy Center, the headquarters for the Alta Leopold Foundation. Again, in a demonstration of how a healthy landscape can produce natural resources for people to use. Share with us, if you would, the the program which is called the Future Leaders Program. What What is that about? Well, Aldo Leopold spent the second half of his career as an educator at the University of Wisconsin, where he trained uh, future leaders in, in conservation. In fact, his students were really the first generation of students that got university degrees in the area of wildlife uh, conservation. So training future leaders has always been a big part of the, the Leopold legacy. And the Leopold Foundation started a program called the Future Leaders Program, which is designed to take recent college graduates, bring them to the foundation for up to a year of a fellowship in which we give them extensive opportunities to learn about what it takes to be a conservation leader. We have programs both in education and outreach and in land stewardship that future conservation leaders get, get trained in. So it's a big part of our program, and every year we host up to a half a dozen of these carefully selected future conservation leaders. We do more than that, though. The Aldo Leopold Legacy Center was also designed to be a convening center where conservation leaders from state and federal agencies and conservation organizations can come for meetings and be inspired, essentially, by Aldo Leopold's legacy. We also host visiting fellows, people who are scholars in conservation who want to come and learn more. So this is a way that the foundation basically ensures 
that the messages that are important to the foundation and the cores of all the Leopold's legacy are instilled essentially in the future conservation leaders and the conservation leaders of today. So, Jackson, what is the Future Leaders Program and what is its mission? The Future Leaders Program is a fellowship program here at the Aldo Leopold Foundation with the mission of creating and preparing future leaders for a career in conservation. So basically, the program is built to give you all the competencies, all the values you need to have a successful career in nonprofit conservation. The Future Leaders Program is split into two types of fellowships. We have education fellows, which includes me, and stewardship fellows. Education fellows mainly focus on educating and communicating with the public on the projects that the Leopold Foundation is working on. For example, when someone comes to the foundation and wants to visit the shack, they would go on a tour that is hosted by one of the education communications fellows. This really provides us with the opportunity to learn how to communicate with people and develop effective strategies for connecting. At the end of the day, conservation, yes, it's about the land, but it's also about people. So the Education Communications Fellowship Program helps you learn how to connect with people. Stewardship fellows, on the other hand, are doing a lot of the boots of the ground work here at the foundation. So the foundation manages about 1,600 acres, mainly doing ecological restoration for savanna and prairie. The stewardship fellows here are tasked with doing most of that physical work. They're out in the field every day, and they're learning in this great natural classroom that we have how to manage an ecosystem and heal an ecosystem. But they're not only gaining professional competencies and stewardship doing that. They would connect with the land in a way that most people aren't able to. You know, doing a prescribed burn in a lot of ways is not just an ecological or physical experience. It's a spiritual experience. So the stewardship fellows here have the opportunity to really connect with the land through their restoration work. So what makes the Future Leaders program so unique? And who does it kind of appeal to? I think there's two things that make the Future Leaders Program experience unique. And the first is the setting. We live here one mile from the shack in a big, essentially lodge dormitory situation where all of us live together. For me personally, I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. It's a suburb. I went to school in a city in St. Louis, also in a kind of more urban, suburban area. So for a lot of my life, conservation was something that I was told to care about. It was like, be a good person and you should care about the environment. You should care about conservation. But it's not something that I really deeply felt. After I graduated college, I joined the Peace Corps. And then unfortunately, because of COVID, the Peace Corps was canceled. So I had to kind of figure out what my next steps were. And while working in a job, I read a Sand County Almanac and I was immediately struck by the connection that the Leopold family had to this piece of land here in central Wisconsin. After reading the Sand County Almanac, I literally just went and Googled all of the Leopold. What popped up on Google was that there was a fellowship program at the Leopold Foundation that was doing the exact things or teaching the exact things that I wanted to learn. So coming here and living you know, a mile in the shack, contributing to the restoration efforts 
having the opportunity to just spend time in this special space has really given me the opportunity to connect with the land. You know, I've gone and I've picked oyster mushrooms and cooked them here, or, you know, I deer hunted for the first time, which was a really interesting experience. But all that to say that my connection with the land is so much stronger than it was before doing the future leaders program. And that's because it's uniquely set in a place that allows you access to the land that I didn't have previously. Beautiful. So can you describe briefly some of the projects that other future leaders are, are working on and then kind of talk about the one that, that you're working on? Sure. So the second thing that makes the future leaders program really unique is that we all are given independent projects when we come to the foundation. So for context, a lot of entry-level jobs at conservation organizations don't really allow you to take full responsibility for the planning and execution of projects. You know, you might be not stuck, but you might be doing one specific thing and learning how to do that one thing well, but you're not getting to, you know, take an entire project with a budget, a planning process, and, and bring it all together over an extended period of time. So the independent projects here at the Futurist Program really allow you to get that experience. Right now, there's four of us, so we are undertaking four independent projects. Kay, one of the other Education and Communications Fellow, helped write a grant to get funding transcribe some of Aldo Leopold's hunting journals. She also manages our greenhouse, which is also connected to our living quarters. So she's growing all sorts of native forbs and grasses for planting when we do ecological prairie restoration. Jack, a stewardship fellow, ran our end-of-year fundraising campaigns, created the schedule, planned it all out, figured out what communication strategies would be most impactful. Eric, another stewardship fellow, did a pollinator survey. He researched and then went around the entire 1,600-acre property and using framework that he had found, he was able to evaluate each area of the property. So he got to basically figure out, okay, what are we doing well in terms of pollinators and what we can improve, and that will eventually go into the land management plan for the property. And then I've also been fortunate enough to be able to do some long-form multimedia storytelling on what the land ethic is and what our stewardship looks like here at the foundation. So I've had the chance to use a variety of mediums, including photography, writing, audio, uh, videography, printmaking, to reframe the land ethic in terms of character traits and try to communicate all the Leopold's message to a new and wider audience. So why do you think we need more programs like this, like the Future Leaders Program? Yeah, so I think every conservation organization deals with a similar problem, which is that the traditional conservation audience, the traditional conservation funding doesn't really represent the full scope of communities that are impacted by conservation issues. In the midst of what already is a climate crisis, it's going to be young people that have to end up dealing with a lot of the consequences of climate change. We need young people in conservation who understand the ethical and ecological implications. We also need to expose young people to a positive vision in conservation through stuff like restoration work. The program and other programs like it 
expose young people to good things that are happening, which we need to connect young people with the land. I think that there's a growing separation or alienation between people and the land. And we need to come back and bridge that divide, that nature's right in your backyard. Finally, we need to bridge the gap between communications policy and practice. For me, I had no idea what restoration work looked like before I came here. So if I, if I were to try to do communications on Savannah restoration before coming here, I wouldn't have understood what the work really looked like. We need to bridge this gap between what goes on in state houses, in town halls, or in Washington, D.C., and what's really going on on the land. And programs like this help do that. I hope you enjoyed this episode celebrating the life and ideas of Aldo Leopold. And if you are interested in learning more about the Aldo Leopold Foundation or the Future Leaders Program, please visit their website, aldoleopold.org. If you enjoyed this edition of Nature Revisited, please share with friends, family, and colleagues. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or NordenProductions.com. The music for this episode is All Blues by Miles Davis. This edition of Nature Revisited was made possible by the generous support of David Lipo. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, do remember, we are nature. Thank you.